0: i don't care what they might say we love jesus anyway you know it's
1: easy to take a look at the life of samson especially the end of his life and say boy what a tragedy he could have meant so much more the fact is he meant exactly what god meant him to be and do let's focus in on that next way of grace again, hi there, welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace, online at grace-bible.com. Today, we turn our attention once again to the book of Judges, chapter 16, verses 18 through 31. We're taking a look at the slow recovery of Samson's identity. The sovereign secret will of God is found here, as well as a surrender to the will and mercy of God. And it's all pointing back to Jesus Christ. Won't you join us? It is a look at a sleepy Samson and his downfall by resting in something he shouldn't have rested in. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's edition of Way of Grace. Delilah
2: was the lust of the eyes that led to the pride of life. Now remember the Philistines are the lust of the flesh, right? All that's in the world is the lust of the the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Now, Philistine was a beautiful, uh, Delilah was a beautiful woman that Samson set his eyes on. And guess what God had to do? Take his eyes out. Remember what Jesus says, it's better to lose your eyes than to have both eyes and go to hell. Can I talk to you guys for a few more minutes? It's better to lose your eyes than than, uh, um, to uh, go to hell with your eyes wide open. There are a lot of people going to hell with their eyes wide open. So is God humbling his servant? Yes, he is. And see, this idea of taking the servant and plucking their eyes out means that the Philistines knew that uh, Samson was a ruler. Because when you capture rulers, you demoralize rulers publicly. That's exactly what they did with Zedekiah. You guys know that's the case. King Zedekiah not paying attention to God, living like hell. When uh, this is Second Kings 25, six and seven, when Babylon came down, they took Zedekiah. The king, they killed his sons in front of his eyes and then they plucked his eyes out and walked him all the way down to Babylon. Do you see it? So they took the king, brought him to the king of Babylon, to Riblah, and they gave judgment upon him, verse seven. And they slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and put out the eyes of Zedekiah and bound him with fetters of brass. Is that what's happening with our boy? Now he's a slave to the flesh. Romans chapter 8, verse 13, listen to it. I've already told you, the Philistines represent our fleshly nature. Is that right? They are uncircumcised. What that means is we got to fight against our carnal nature. If we're children of the living God, we can't let our carnal nature dominate us or else we're slaves to the flesh. That's why I'm saying that Samson has temporarily become a Philistine. Y'all got that? For if you live after the flesh, you shall what? Is that what's going to happen to Samson? But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall what? Look at verse 15, giving you New Testament application. We're getting ready to get to Jesus so I can get out of here. Listen to it. Verse 15, not verse 14. Verse 14 is cool. For if you are a child of God, you have not received the spirit of slavery. If you're a child of God, you don't, you're not comfortable with people bringing you into bondage. I don't care where it is in the world. If you're a child of God, Christ paid for your freedom. You don't just let people take you and do what they want to with you. When God sent his only begotten son to go to hell in your behalf and liberate you from every condemnation, every judgment, every sin you ever committed or will commit, it's paid for in Jesus' name. The only person that can hold you accountable to it is God himself. So now if somebody comes binding you with a false doctrine or a false system, you have exported your identity. Y'all see what I'm getting at? Samson went to sleep and he he, he didn't pray what David prayed. Lord, don't let me go to sleep lest I sleep the sleep of death. I get it. David is the man that's going to finish the Philistines off. We know that. But he knows Samson is the man that started that battle. But Samson is going to have to die. To finish his tour of duty. Y'all see what I'm getting at? All right, let's go to work and close this down. Hope you, I hope this is bearable under uh, our, our, and this is where I go go into uh, sub point B under our first point, the sleep of what? Confusion. And it's the sleep of confusion because Samson is acting like everything is okay. All right, here's one little quip: When you get trapped in a sinful pattern and God wakes you up to it, because he'll do that. Your wake is not completely awake unless you completely repent of it and completely turn away. There are a lot of people who get trapped in patterns of sinful behavior and then God will jar them with some kind of warning. And then, they're, oh, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. And then you start praying and you read your Bible a couple times and then you go to church for about a week and maybe you do a Bible study for a month. And then you drift right back into that darkness. No power. What you don't know is what God said about Samson. Samson did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Isn't that what the text said? Help me. Help me. When the Lord departs from you, you can't do anything spiritual. Consistently. When the Lord departs from you, you won't read your Bible. You say you will, you won't. When the Lord departs from you, you won't commit yourself to meditation or devotion. You say you will, you won't. When the Lord departs from you, you will not take joy in the fellowship of the saints. You say you will, you won't. And you don't. Because you're blind to the fact that the Lord has stepped away from you. And until he gives you grace to repent and return, return, O Lord! You won't recover, and it may be that you'll just die in your sin. Do you hear me? Particularly if your sin is an addiction, where you're grinding in secret, God's going to show your grinding in public, because that's what's happening now. The man that was grinding in secret is now grinding in public. Is he not? Look at the text. See, this is why you need good teaching, because you don't want to pass over these things. Verse 20 and I'm sorry, verse 21. But the Philistines took out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of iron. And he did grind in the prison house. Now everybody knows publicly what he was doing privately. Now, grinding is the idea of working as a slave, like an ox, like a donkey treading out the corn for the Philistine system. Samson now is a slave of the world system. Y'all got that? He's a slave of the world system. And yet in reality, he's a child of God. But because he disobeys God, God sends him for a season into this bondage. And this is where some of us are today. This is where some of us are today. Verse 22. All right, so let me start something here because I want you to get this now. This is, this is where I'm going to wrap it up. I should have been here a while ago. I'm just going to take you to our uh, final point in our outline. This is, this is extremely important. And this is called the slow recovery of his identity. Y'all got that? The slow recovery. And it's slow. And it's pathetic. But it's effectual. And I'm going to, just going to give you a few lines. They cut his hair off, which was a symbol of his consecration. But Samson's a child of God. When God saves you, you can never ultimately be damned. But God will let you live like you are. And he'll let you die like you are. Because you and I don't get to play around with God and mess up his testimony. So they cut off of his hair. And what the text says is, listen to this, how be it? I love that qualifying conjunction, don't you? But God, who is rich in mercy, wherewith he loved us, even while we were dead in trespasses and sins, showed us his grace and mercy in Jesus the Christ. It's a good thing that boys had grew back, isn't it? And it's a metaphor of the slow recovery of his consecration. How be be it? It has to be in prison. It has to be among the fleshly people. It has to be in the world because he did not appreciate what he had. Now, Samson represents four or five things as I get ready to close. The first thing that Samson represents as a big optic is the Christian who goes carnal on God. And God gives you over to the world. You and I don't know it. It's a great mystery. A lot of people in the world that are seeking the world accolade that are children of God. And they are utterly miserable. Samson is a picture of national Israel. He is particularly a picture of the Judite tribe. Do you remember? It was the Jews, 3,000 of them that came to Samson and said, Samson, don't you know we are ruled by the Philistines? And they came to take him. They themselves are voluntary slaves of the fleshly system. Now Samson looks just like them. You don't think they're grinding? Of course they are. That's what the flesh does. The flesh makes you grind to death. The Jews then are pictured in Samson. Samson pictures the believer who is living like sin. Samson also pictures the false believer, obviously, who has a form of godliness but denied the power thereof. But Samson ultimately is a picture of a man whose love for his Delilah represents the love of Christ for sinners like you and me. A love unequaled, a love not reciprocated a love often neglected and abused and trampled underfoot. But he loved us enough anyway to take on our nature, to assume our nature. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. Start at verse 1. This is Jesus in an optic before you and me, grinding under the burden of our sin. Do you see it? It's clear. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are where who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. All well and good. Jesus did it. Did he not do it? But this is how he did it. Look at verse three for what the law could not do in that it was weak through our human flesh. God sending his own son in the what? In the likeness of sinful flesh. Stop right there. There you go. Samson grinding at the mill as a common slave sinner. He's not doing it for himself. He's doing it for his people, Israel. See, Samson is God's heat-seeking nuclear warhead that God has placed right in the middle of the Philistine country. They're celebrating their own death. That's about to take place because the Son of the Living God left glory, came and assumed a human nature, and walked amongst us, rotten Philistine sinners. And we were celebrating. Right along with the Romans and the the Herodians at the sufferings of Christ. They beat Christ down like they beat Samson down. They afflicted Christ like they afflicted Samson. And if you and I had been there, we'd have done the same thing the Jews did. Because by nature, we're Philistines. Can I get a witness? None of us by nature would have done anything other than say, crucify him, crucify him. We'd rather have Barabbas. It's a sad, true tale that Jesus loves sinners. That's why I called you Delilah, because that's what we are. Sold him out for 5,500 shekels. You know that. Chapter 15, they came to him, the five lords, and said, we'll give you 1,100 shekels apiece. Y'all know the math. That's a picture of who? Judas Iscariot. Sold Jesus out. For 30 pieces of silver. See what we are by nature, saints. You see how criminal we are, how sinful, how rotten we are. He loved us anyway. He loved us anyway. These Jews are free over here in the area of Judah. Watching the only man that God had used for 20 years to bust up the power of the Philistines. They're watching their savior grind and don't even see their sins in him. Do you see your sins in Jesus? Jesus. Do you see your betrayal in the one who loves you with an everlasting love? Do you understand the grace of God is such that he gives to you, but you and I don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. And he bore it all the way to the cross. Here it is. I love this story. He, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Y'all know the text. Go back there. I'm done. Watch this. You know how it goes. This is what, I love this story. This is God. This is why y'all love stories. We're dealing with it. And we are told over in verse 25, and it came to pass when the hearts, when the hearts of the people were merry that they said, call for Samson, that we may make sport of him. They called for Samson out of the prison house and made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. This is a whole nother sermon. But I told you about the sovereignty of God. That all things work together for good to them that love God. I told you that everything is working after the counsel of his own will. I told you that God will always make evil work for good. I told you that God knows how to take the wicked and use them in the day of evil. They are setting up their own doom by taking God's weapon of warfare and putting it in between the pillars that are holding up the whole temple. Thousands of people are there, including the five lords of the Philistine. What you're about to see is the destruction of the fleshly nature and the death of Jesus Christ to liberate you and I, not totally from the flesh, but enough to wage war against it until David comes and destroys the whole thing. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me to do Thy will. O God, do you see Jesus? Do you see him in Samson? Do you see him and David? Because these are going to be the two, uh, two bookends that put an end to Philistine domination. And you know it because David uses a sling to take out that big, ugly, knucklehead Goliath. And the rest of the Jews, like as is expected, still hiding and running. Instead of owning their identity and rising up to fight. This is a story that breaks my heart about Samson. He's still by himself then none of the church folk come help him. He's still by himself in that prison house. He's been asleep until now. He's getting ready to wake up. He's getting ready to wake up because he's elect of God. He's chosen in Christ. And you and I can be chopped down, but at the scent of water, we'll start to sprout again because you can't cut the roots out. I am what I am by the grace of God. You can temporarily deceive me, but you can't overcome me because I've been bought with a price. Am I making some sense? All whom the Father gives me shall come to me. Notice what it says in verse 26. Let's keep going because we have four verses. Samson said to the lad that held him by the hand. See, so Samson is being walked around like a little child now. He has lost his authority, but he's been having a conversation with God. Sometimes God got to lock you up to have a conversation with him. Some of us know that, don't we? Sometimes God got to lock you up. See, Samson is where he wanted to be, but God's with him. Is God with him? Watch this now. Samson said to the little boy, suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house stands. Do you know Samson was thinking it through while he was in that cold prison cell? His hair was growing back. That means he was recovering his right mind. His right mind was coming back and he realized who it is that called him by his grace and anointed him by his spirit and caused him to read Torah and understand what chapter 14 says and the Lord will begin to overcome the Philistines with your son, Samson. And we see the spirit of God recovering in him, don't we? Have you been there, child of God? Whereupon the house stands that I may lean upon them. Verse 27. Here it is. This is so self-explanatory. Now the house was full of men and women. Is God good? Hey, we're going to watch Jesus get crucified. We're going to bring You know, sandwiches and lunch. And we're going to watch this man who called himself the son of God get crucified. Because that's what they did. They had a drunken party on the day that they killed my Lord and Savior and yours. And it was all kind of people there. And God knows how to draw the enemy in before he detonates his secret weapon. It is. They were upon the roof, 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. You can make that out of anything you want to. This is like the Roman gladiator pulling people out and dogging them, dehumanizing them. This is where we're going in our world, by the way. Our next Delilah will be artificial intelligence. Men and women will be having relationships with robots rather than human beings. It's already starting to happen right now because we're so dysfunctional at the physical level. Am I making some sense? This is why we want to deliver our children before they find some chick that's been created by some computer program that can speak particularly to their heart and get them to buy into some kind of synthetic relationship that's not organic or spiritual. And it's happening to human beings right now as we speak. This Babylonian system. It's a warfare between the true and the living God and the demonic systems of this world. He says, I pray thee, no, Samson, called on the Lord. Boy, it takes a long time for a hard-headed, redeemed sinner to call on the Lord. But the Bible says, call on me in the day of trouble. I will hear you and you will glorify me. And the Lord God, remember me. Remember me, Lord. I pray then strengthen me. I pray the only this once. Now watch it. See, he knows he's not going to recover his life. He knows it. He's gone. But this is an indicator of agape love. He's overcome the carnal love. He realizes it's no good. Now he realizes the faithfulness of God in his life. And because he knows Christ died for his sins, he's ready now to die for God's people as a pattern of Christ. Greater love has no man than this, than that he lay down his life for his friend. This is the gospel, is it not? And no one can love you like Jesus, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. They took them out. They didn't have a right to, but God did. Verse 29. And Samson took a hold of the two pillars upon which the whole house stood. On which was born, in which it was born up, of the one on his right hand and the other on his left. If we were to drill down into this in the area of the- theology, we would understand that when Christ died, Christ died to put an end to our sinful nature. That is a law of sin and death in Romans seven, and to put an end to the works of the devil, because the works of the devil is to bring you into slavish bondage, so that you actually deify your carnal nature and make choices to pursue it rather than pursue God. And God's got to knock both of them down by the death of Christ. Am I making some sense? The reason you are I are liberated is not that we're perfect. We are far from perfect, but Jesus is our perfection. And when you have a new nature in Jesus, you are willing to go to war against your carnal nature. He liberates you to do that all by his death on the cross. Here it is. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. That is Romans 8, 4. And he bowed himself with all his might and the house fell upon the Lord's and upon the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew in his death were more than they which he slew in his life. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ puts an end to the works of the devil so that you and I live because he lives. It was the death of your Savior that liberated you today, and you need to walk in that joy, and you need to live for His glory.
1: And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030 Friday evening Bible study is at 630. Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 630. Directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are a great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan.